honest place to talk about coronavirus. It's on the police. Everything. Give me liberty or give me COVID-19. Right now, more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It is news and views for 2022. Hans von Spakowski is the manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative and senior legal fellow of the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies, which is a part of the Heritage Foundation. Hans has been very kind to come on and talk to us about numerous issues, but especially focusing on the uh, situation with election law. You know, we thought H.R. 1, the For the People Act, or H.R. 4, the John Lewis Act, had met their death last year, but uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has vowed he will use the January 6th event from last year to push through something akin to H.R. 1. The irony is this is a desperation act by Schumer and the Democrats, and it's nothing more than an insurrection against federalism. So they're using what they call as the insurrection from January 6th last year, and uh, it's it's an insurrection against uh, federalism. Hans is on the phone with us. Hans, welcome back to News and Views. Good to have you with us. Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you. Thanks for having me back. So, Hans, what does Chuck Schumer want? Is this identical to H.R. 1, uh, 2022 version? Are there some new twists and turns in it? No, it's pretty much they're bringing up the same bills, and uh, they're desperate to get them passed. And to do that, they are doing everything they can to pressure Joe Manchin, Kristen Sinema, to get rid of the filibuster so they can pass these bills through. And these are... Look, H.R. 1 uh, is a really dangerous bill. It's it's a reckless bill. Um, it would destroy federalism by having the national government take over elections. Uh, and it would put in all kinds of bad mandates that, in essence, would uh, create dishonest elections in the future. We, we would not be able to have confidence in the security and integrity of the election process. Is interesting, and perhaps this came from, from your pen, but the Heritage Foundation put out a statement that one of the most offensive provisions of this, will, of this bill would be the transfer of the right to draw congressional districts from the state legislatures to independent commissions whose members are totally, totally unaccountable to the voters. Uh, Now, uh, I mean, what's rather ironic is we we spent the first segment of our program today talking about the fact that we're in the midst of a court battle, which is now in Superior Court. It'll go to the North Carolina Supreme Court uh, probably next week uh, over election maps. But at least it's a battle within the state of North Carolina. But what the Heritage Foundation is saying, if this goes through, uh, that will <laughs> we won't have any more state court battles because some unelected uh, bureaucrat will be deciding the districts. That's right. They, they force states to set up what they call independent redistricting commissions. But basically, you know, these folks would be appointed to those commissions, uh, which means they're not accountable to voters for what they do. And there's all kinds of restrictions and requirements in this big bill, including, by the way, if you can believe it, a racial and gender quota requirement for the members of that commission. <laughs> well, no, I can believe it. Unfortunately, I, I can believe it. So, uh, I mean, I, you you study this a lot. We saw Kristen Cinema and Kristen Cinema and uh, Joe Manchin 
they both held held their ground on the build back better and both of them were pretty dogmatic that they could not un, you know they were not going to vote to undo the filibuster as you look at what's before them now with this bill is there any reason to think they will change their mind on the filibuster this time around I don't think so, but but the pressure being brought on, on them by uh, Chuck Schumer, the Democratic Party, and the political left is enormous. Um, whether they will stand up to that, you know, hopefully they will, but 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 they might not because it's not only publicly, but it's also uh, tremendously behind the scenes. Um, apparently. Threats have been made against them from the standpoint of uh, Democrats trying to defeat them in their next elections. I mean, it's just one thing after another like that. So I don't know. And folks need to understand they're talking about getting rid of the filibuster to get these laws passed. But this is just the camel's nose under the tent. They want to then pass all these other really bad bills like the Green New Deal, et cetera, that they haven't been able to get through. Right. You know, the other bizarre thing, if this is if this is a repeat of H.R. 1, which you have said it was, how can you propose a piece of legislation that states within that legislation that the citizens, the states, will be strictly limited to any legal recourse in terms of their objections to the constitutionality of the legislation? I mean, it, it seems to go far beyond the parameters of the legislative process and if Democrats really thought that this H.R. 1 was going to pass constitutional muster, why would they even include in the bill that, okay, if you want to file suit against this bill, if you think it's unconstitutional, one, all the states have to come together with one attorney and you got to file it in the District of Columbia. I mean, how can you, how can you add that to your bill? I mean, it's bizarre. I think it's a sign of their arrogance, and that's one of the reasons, as you know, the left has been pushing for court packing. They want to pack the Supreme Court because they're hoping that uh, if they could do that, then if this bill was passed, if it was signed into law, if lawsuits were filed, ultimately a court would say, oh, it's perfectly okay, Uh, it's not unconstitutional. Uh, Hey, Hans, this is Benny. Um, You know, for for people that follow this stuff, um, obviously we don't follow it at the level that you do, but we 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 certainly follow it more than the average citizen. Um, it's obvious to us that it's a, a concentrated effort of the progressive uh, Democrat Party to you know federalize everything and and get everything to a, a more centralized government away from elected officials. You know this last election, presidential election, where you had you know at best some. Um, some suspicious things going on from state to state. I think it was more than that. But but I actually have friends from, from now and then that say, well, you know, hey, looks, look at what happened in the last presidential election. Maybe we just need federal control of the state's elections. And, and you know, I try to, you know, kind of go through the process and explain to them that, hey, you know, we don't have a Lord of the Flies type government where mob rules whenever we we don't agree with something. What What is – give me a good – elevator speech if you will to the average person that you know doesn't follow this stuff like we do 
Well, what you should tell them is for every good rule that a federal government could put in, it could put in a bad rule. And the the advantage of the states doing this themselves is, yeah, you've got bad states like California, which is a real mess. But then you've got other states that have really improved things and run their elections pretty well these days, like Texas and Florida, which passed good election reform bills, uh, whereas with a federal bill, you're going to have bad policy everywhere. And H.R. 1 is the prime example of that. I mean, the just one quick example, which I think most people know about, is, look, if you're a state that has been smart and has successfully put in a voter ID requirement for voting, like Georgia has, Texas has, uh, Florida has, that would be wiped out by this federal bill. No state, no state would be allowed to have a voter ID requirement for voting, which is just crazy. Yeah. Uh, but that's the way this bill would work. How much of this is um, a, a and maybe this is the silver lining, how much of this is a total desperation on behalf of Chucky Schumer and the Democrats? You know, are, are they looking ahead to November and – uh, if you were a fly on the low, wall, would you hear them saying, boy, we're going to get shellacked if we don't do something crazy? Uh, have you pondered that question? Is is that a possibility? Yes, I, I think there's two things going on here. One, they really want these changes because they think it will help them control election outcomes for the foreseeable future, particularly um, this coming year. Uh, but... Also, they have to do this because the big, well-funded, progressive groups, the ones who get their money from people like George Soros and Mark Zuckerberg, are adamant that they make these uh, changes in, in voting and election rules, and they don't want to upset the people who fund them in their political campaign. So if this were to pass, and right now it looks like that's a pretty big if. I noticed the town hall had a uh, interesting article just basically saying they, they thought it was a long shot that Kirsten Sinema and, and Joe Manchin would uh, cave to, and I hope they're right, would cave to uh, Chuck Schumer. But if, if this were to pass, I, I would think that immediately you would see lawsuits, and I would I, my hunch would be that the Supreme Court – would have to take it up pretty quick because of the immediacy of how it would affect the next election. Uh, if this were to get, if this were to pass and were to get to the Supreme court, give us your thoughts on that. I think there are definitely parts of the bill that would get tossed out as unconstitutional. There are other parts that might be found to be constitutional, even though they're bad and dangerous policies, because unfortunately, I mean, to quote what Justice Scalia once said, uh, you know, there are a lot of laws that are constitutional that are passed by Congress, even though they're really stupid. <laughs> and and that's, that, that, remember, this is a very big bill. It's over 800 pages. There's a lot of provisions in it. Some of them are unconstitutional. Others probably aren't. So, bits and pieces of it would definitely remain even if the supreme court ruled the right way let me ask you this when get to the to the filibuster question because a lot of people i think are just again that aren't political junkies the filibuster are senate rules but there's nothing in the constitution yes. that that mandates that you've got to have a 60 vote 
majority to pass something in the Senate. So no, it, it it's just a, it's just a Senate rule. So, but but yet to change the rules of the Senate, what what is required for that to happen? I mean, Chuck Schumer can't just change the rules on his own, can he? Well, they're not supposed to. It's normally supposed to take a two-thirds vote of the Senate to change the rules. But remember, Harry Reid changed the rules without complying with that Senate rule through a parliamentary maneuver that uh, Republicans didn't have enough votes to stop. So Schumer could try to basically ignore the Senate rules and force through a change if he was willing to do that and to risk the retribution that Republicans would probably try to wreak on him for doing that. Well, never, never underestimate the uh, conniving of a good liberal. (laughs) 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 Sounds like the elections uh, last time in Virginia and other governor races might have, uh, they they might, this might be their Hail Mary. This might be the Democrats Hail Mary to... (laughs) Try to yeah. get as much as they can before the next uh, midterm. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. Yeah, Hans, thanks for your insights, and uh, let's stay in touch on this. Uh, and boy, uh, say a prayer that uh, Chuck Schumer is not successful. It, it, it would be devastating if this were to go it through. It would. It would be devastating. Yep. So it would. Happy New Year to you, Hans. Thanks for checking in with us. Pre- do appreciate it. Sure thing. All right. Bye bye. Uh, we we can. Boy, I'm I'm dead serious. Hope and pray that. Uh, chuck schumer is foiled and i i think i think there's a good possibility that you're right i think there's a good possibility that uh, this is this is a hail mary they know that they're in desperate trouble um i mean ideally they would like this to happen on a permanent basis but i mean why not chuck why not have chuck schumer just pass legislation that says if you're a republican you're not allowed to be elected (laughs) I, i mean that's basically the kind of goofy legislation this this amounts to well well to me it's obvious the the reason they're doing this is because you you know we as as voters we have much more of a choice and opportunity to hold our state legislators accountable i mean they they really those districts are really bingo are are in play most time but at the federal level the senate and the house and the house districts there are very few house districts that are ever in play right so if they pass something what are you going to do you can't say well vote me out well they can't be voted out well (laughs) that's the problem as a as a simple illustration you can make a couple of phone calls and get keith kidwell on the phone with you yeah um and now and look you know, I, I would say uh, certain members of Congress are accept- accessible, and I would say the members of Congress here in Eastern North Carolina are accessible. But uh, a lot of, you can't get a hold of them, and uh, there's there's a huge separation from the voter and from the members of Congress. And uh, if you wanna if you wanna have your voice heard, you're right. Keep it at the local level. Yeah, you, the real party leaders, you can reach them only if you've got enough zeros on your check. There you go. <laughs> Stay with us. More news and views coming up.